Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Hey, guys. Bill Spadia back with you for our speaking podcast, part of our series, our ongoing series, to bring you facts to overcome your fear this is our next interview with Speaking COVID. I'm joined again by Maria Christler, who is a microbiologist and as someone who has authored and been involved with some peer-reviewed studies talking about masks and infections, all of the above. And hopefully in this conversation, you're going to take a little bit more out of why you shouldn't be wearing a mask. And at the very least, you shouldn't be wearing a mask all the time. And you certainly shouldn't be forced to wear a mask as a prerequisite of entering a store. Maria, welcome back to the podcast. Great to see you. Great. Thank you so much for having me. So let's jump right into it. You, first of all, let, let's, <laughs> I'm curious about this. You're in Wyoming now. So for our listeners, and you know, we've got, we've got listeners all over the country, but uh, we concentrate in really the New York and New Jersey area. And the, the view of the world in New York and New Jersey is, first of all, highest deaths around the world per capita, per million people in New York and New Jersey. A lot of that due to government action when it, you know, forcing uh, sick people into nursing homes. That aside, the feeling in a lot of towns across New Jersey is, it, you know, everybody's wearing a mask. You're wearing a mask outside, walking the dog with the shield and the gloves and the whole thing. And you wouldn't think of walking into a store without a mask on. Tell me that there's hope for America and Wyoming is still somewhat free. I'll tell you what, my favorite state in the union right now was uh, South Dakota, yeah. um, you know, because there really never was a mandate. Now, there truly yeah. wasn't. There was a there was a brief mandate here in, in our state. But what was funny about it was that even when there wasn't a mandate, uh, you know, when when everything was a little bit heavy uh, before the, you know, the snow stopped flying and everybody's hungered down in their homes, you couldn't go anywhere without a mask on. And, and I would go into a TJ Maxx and I would get followed by a clicker, right? So they're standing at the front and they're using their clicker. And I haven't put a mask on one day. I have, I have driven from the state of Wyoming to Washington, D.C. and back, entered the stores, never put a mask on, wow. Starbucks, whatever it was, um, had my conversations, stood my ground, um, I know what my rights are. I also know about my health. I'm very health conscious. Um, I'm a heart patient and a kidney patient myself, and I'm not going to be forced to harm myself and nobody can force me to harm myself. But so I go you, this so you're an expert in this field. You, yeah. You're a microbiologist. You've studied this stuff. You've contributed to a lot of these papers that talk about the health. Let's go right to it from your expertise. Um, why is the mask not a healthy thing for humans to be walking around with? So I'll tell you what, um, I think what is probably the most disturbing to me is that I don't, I, a lot of the, the good physicians that are trying to speak up, they're not, they're not being heard or they're suppressed. And it seems like the other ones don't want the fear mongering has won the battle in the open and in the media and the other physicians, for whatever reason, are laying low um, and they're not saying anything. Maybe they're afraid for their practices to be hurt. Um, they don't want to lose the money. 
I've heard, you know, from different people saying patients will threaten not to come, you know, things like that. Um, so, so I do think a lot of it is mental, but as far as the physiological, um, the health changes, you can put a mask on. Okay. You don't know where it came from right on the box. The surgical masks say, you know, this is not intended to prevent disease in any way, shape or form. As a matter it of says fact, it on the box. It says Maria. it on the box. I, I know. I just... <laughs> You can't, okay, you know, but beyond that, what people don't understand is how bad they're hurting themselves. I can give you multiple examples within 30 seconds of mask use. Um, the OSHA regulations say 5,000 parts per million um, in an eight hour shift is all you're allowed uh, to be exposed to for CO2. You surpass that in 45 seconds of wearing a mask. Our grocery store clerks are being forced into it. These employers are bullies. Um, I wrote a nice PowerPoint and summarized a lot of our papers that um, have over 200 scientific references where it's easy for people to go and look at these things and say, okay, the, I laid the facts out for you. This is physiologically what's happening to your blood cells. What then happens to this, the sodium bicarbonate that's being processed in your kidneys. So we've got, we've got patients walking into hospitals where there's mandatory mask mandates. They're going in for their dialysis right? Because their kidneys are so damaged that they can't process their urine, right? That's dialysis. They're walking in with these masks on, but, but, you know, this is the part that drives me crazy is that their doctors aren't saying anything about it. And they're hurting their renal tubules in their, in their kidneys. They have decreased urine output, if anything at all anyway. And then they're having to process um, more of this CO2 byproduct, which is sodium bicarbonate picked up by your kidneys and their, their filtration levels are going lower and lower and lower. They're further damaging themselves. This is after 45 seconds of mask use. Okay, so you have to look at the hypercapnic states and physiologically to the cellular level, what happens to your body. That does not include the bacterial problems. So I did an interview. I did a really a great interview with a big round table of, um, of professionals and myself, and I hosted this forum for our for our entire state, right? So I'm gonna go up against the state uh, health officer, the county health officer, the people that are is, saying- Maria, is this recorded that we can share with the audience? Yes. Mm -hmm. Can you send me a link to that? Cause I, I will link can. to that. Okay. Yeah, because I had my, and this is what else people don't understand. Oral dysbiosis, oral dysbiosis is, is when you essentially, you know, for, for the lay person, you get this buildup of bacteria in your mouth and gums. One of my experts on my panel was a dentist of 30 years, 30 years, fantastic dentist, cosmetic and otherwise. He's in Arizona. He's in Phoenix, Arizona. He's been treating the same people in the same families for 20 years. Okay. So these families, these same people are coming in and he saw about a 60, 70% increase, he said, in the oral dysbiosis because of the mask wearing. So this causes heart disease from streptococcus. Okay. You get um, alternative uh, staphylococcal infections. But the thing is, is people don't understand that there is a very finite equilibrium um, in your mouth, in your oral cavity, in your nasopharyngeal cavity. There's an equilibrium that takes place between the different microbes, funguses, and things like that. And you need oxygen to keep that equilibrium stable. When you put a mask on, and I say this in my PowerPoint presentations, but 
you know, even for 45 seconds, you are disrupting the harmony or the equilibrium or the homeostatic state. So that the, the streptococcal uh, bacteria, that's probably my favorite one to study, the strep pyogenes, it's called gas. It's, um, it's, a, um, it's, a, it's a bacteria, but, but it's a streptococcal pyogenes bacteria, but this one produces exotoxins that are released from the bacteria. When they're released, they stay in your body. So we do this test in the laboratory called an anti-streptolysin O test. And I know I'm getting technical, I'm sorry, but these exotoxins, they, they will damage your body, your joints. They can cross the blood brain barrier and cause autistic symptoms in your children. And people aren't getting this information from their physicians. It is insane to me. I'm here at 6,800 feet and I see pregnant women working out with masks on because they think they're protecting themselves and their babies. Well, the 1918-1919 flu pandemic, after they exhumed the bodies in 1920, they actually, and then for years to come, they showed that there was evidence of um, heart damage caused by streptococcus from the pregnant women in their babies. So we don't know what's you know, going I, I've read that. Let, let me ask you about that, Maria. So even Dr. Fauci admitted um, years ago, talked about bacterial pneumonia as being one of the big killers in the 1918 flu. Um, the killer. The killer. The number one killer. That's right. uh, so you could so so you could make the argument, and I, I know that you've made it, that the masks themselves have actually prolonged our dealing with this virus, with the disease that comes as a result. Um, why, what do you think happened? I mean, as an expert, you, you've been through the 2009, I ran some numbers today from the CDC and reposted some things on social media. Uh, 1,200 kids died in 2009 from H1N1, the swine flu. I'll never forget the, the fear that the media uh, started to put out there, but it was largely quelled because Obama never panicked and the media did not force him into a bad spot. So they closed a few schools the same way we've done in New Jersey, you know, a high flu outbreak, close the school for a couple of days, let the kids get better, <clears throat> excuse me, and, and it'll be fine. But more than 1,200 children died between the ages of zero and 17 in 2009. In 2018, a time when we literally had such a run on the hospitals in the in the flu season that there were tents outside of major metropolitan hospitals and it was on the cover of time magazine so we've been through this before 700 kids died uh but no shutdown no lockdown and you forgot all about it in 2020 and now into 21 201 kids have died with COVID, and almost every one of them with serious medical complications so from your perspective, what is this lockdown of healthy people? Uh, how did we get to the point where, where you would think normally intelligent people would understand that this is craziness to put a mask over your face and limit your breathing uh, when we have concrete evidence that honestly is irrefutable that asymptomatic, aka healthy people, are not spreading anything? What do you attribute this to? You know, um it's very difficult and I wouldn't, I wouldn't want to start into, um, you know, to where somebody would say, oh, uh, you know, you're a conspiracy theorist, but I will tell you that um, I knew what, I knew what this was clear back in, I want to say, um, so it was 2019. So it was, it was um, when the, the India researchers first did the formal mapping 
and mm -hmm. all of their information was pulled down. Well, I have the original white papers because that's what I do, right? So I'm a researcher, I study, um, you know, I educate and then, you know, I develop for people. So this is what I do. So I find this and I say, well, okay, so this is something different. This is, this is, this one's probably going to be different. Um, but I'll tell you what, what people also don't know and, and what the media is not saying is, you know, people keep saying, okay, where's the flu? Where's the flu? Where's the flu? Viruses and these responses, they don't compete. I mean, they don't compete, you know, and, and this goes back into the PCR tests and, you know, what, what, um, how many cyclic levels there um, or light cycles they're, they're using to measure a positive test. Um, you know, back to your question, what I attribute it to, to be honest with you, what advantage would, you know, the media and everybody else have to fear monger healthy people? Um, you've got a massive, you know, to me, it's really ugly because it's, poli it's political. You know, mm -hmm. I go and I, I want to register for a trade show and, and, and I talk to the director about the masks and things like that, because you can't, you can't put a mask on me. I'm not going to do it. And I'll withhold my entry, you know, if I'm forced into something like that, because that's me. Um, I stand my ground and that's, I know what I know. I'm a scientist and, and you can't convince me otherwise because of your fear. Okay. So your fear isn't going to be my problem. Um, and, and the gentleman says to me on the phone, he says, this is what he said. Um, not, not knowing me, not having any political affiliation, whatever he says, Oh, you must be a Trumpy. Mm. And he hung up on me. Wow. Okay. Wow. So to me, you know, having that firsthand experience, um, this, this has been a, a very hard lesson for a lot of people. And, and what's really sad is that the media, the mainstream media outlets um, are really continually pushing this. And now what's out there is this other strain. Now there's other strains, right? And they're- Maria, that, you, just, you just hit the nail this. on the head. Not to interrupt you, but you just hit the nail on the head. So the news this morning, and I'm at odds all the time with uh, even my own news that, that comes out in the morning. And I, and I tell them I'm here to balance some of the crap that you're peddling because you're, you're taking it from the government. And I'm not saying it's fake news. It's, it's the talking points that come from the government. So the Constant. latest, now we're a state of 9 million people in New Jersey. And I, it's a relatively well-educated state. It's a state that has a high uh, net worth of a lot of people. I think three of the top wealthiest counties in the country are in New Jersey. I mean, this is a, a, a uh, recognizable place of commerce and education, et cetera. But 9 million people, there are now 65 people reportedly to have contracted the new South African UK strain, 65. <laughs> And because of this new strain, the governor is literally saying, well, we can't let up now because, you know, we don't know what could happen. We could be overwhelmed. For 11 months, they've been fear-mongering about overwhelming our hospitals. And what I have said from the beginning, and I, I quoted Dr. Daniel Murphy, so you're in great company. Dr. Daniel Murphy is the head of emergency medicine at St. Barnabas in the Bronx. Now, the Bronx was hit hard. And part of it is people are on top of each other. They get hit hard every flu season. It makes sense. And he came out and said, look, we need to reopen the country. This was in April. This is almost a year ago. He said, because I am a frontline doc, my emergency room has been overwhelmed for about two weeks. And it was rough. And we're working 24-hour shifts. And we're tired. A lot of sick people. He said, but on April 7th at 5 o'clock, the crisis changed and took a turn for the better because that was the moment 
that we had more discharges, deaths, and transfers than we had new hospital admissions. So using the politics, we accomplished the goal. We're done. We have enough hospital beds to treat the sick. And he went further and said he suspected that they had reached herd immunity because at that point, nearly half of Bronx residents had had contact, contracted at some level the coronavirus. Now you fast forward to this Johns Hopkins doctor who came out with an op-ed in the Wall Street Journal, which I'm sure you read the other day, saying we're going to hit herd immunity by April. He estimated that more than 200 million Americans have already had it. So like, that's where we are. And, and it's maddening to me that scientists like you are ignored and painted into a corner. What can, let me, let's, let me back up. So that's where we are. And I'm with you on the mask thing. I, I have to admit there were two occasions in 11 months that I put a mask on. It was my son had a football injury and the doctor at the time he was 17, he's now 18, so he can go in by himself. Uh, they would not see him without me or my wife and they wouldn't allow me in without a mask. So they literally would have not treated my injured son without my putting a mask on and walking in. It was, it was unbelievable. Not legal. Uh, okay. Of course. Not legal. Uh, right? Can you imagine? It's so it's funny. So Maria, I walked in with it under my nose and um, I learned a few things that day. Number one, that even the medical staff realizes how stupid it is because nobody said anything to me. And number two, I realized I have a huge nose and it looked ridiculous. <laughs> with my mouth covered. But it was just one of those things where even the doctor with her shield and mask was clearly uh, uncomfortable, overheating. And when she came back in, the shield was gone. She had relaxed a little bit. And you know, I think, and you may have seen this on Twitter, even the Johns Hopkins docs are now backpedaling a little bit because I think they're nervous that they called for herd immunity. My guess is some of them have been threatened with their jobs. So let's back all the way up and let's talk to the average person because I'm in a public role and I had the ability to say, I'm moving my studio to my house. I'm not playing your games. I'm not quarantining. I'm not masking. We're done. I'm not testing. You're not taking my temperature every day. Get out of here. But I had the power to do that. You have the power as an independent business leader. You've got your own company. We'll talk about that at the end. You're a scientist, you do your research. What about the person that wants to walk into that Walmart or other big box store and they really feel their health is compromised? The governor's order in almost every state, certainly in New Jersey, specifically says a medical condition can exempt you from the mask and no one can challenge you. Can you give a couple talking points to people who are uncomfortable when they walk in? What should they say to that store clerk? So I'll tell you what, um, and, and people do get hammered they really yeah. do. And, and I'm, I actually have an experience I, I will share that I had in Utah and I walk into a Harman's grocery store and I don't like to identify myself ex as exempt um, right off because I want to be normal. Um, and, and, you know, and I'm happy to tell your audience, the reason I am exempt is because I've had an open heart surgery and um, I don't want to be suffocated again. Okay. So, I mean, I had the surgery because I was my sack my pericardium was suffocating me. I don't want to do that again. So, you know, beyond PTSD, I know that it's incredibly unhealthy and your, your listeners can, can, this is actually a really good point for me to make. I am a, I, I have a very healthy heart, but I am an open heart surgery patient and I refuse to hurt myself by putting on a mask. And that should give other people a little more security 
if that makes sense, right? So, I mean, you know, I should be compromised and I should be afraid. So I should put this mask on. No, that's exactly wrong. So when you walk into a store, a grocery store, you know, what you do is you, you have this energy field around you. You hold your shoulders back, your head up high, you walk in and you walk in pleasant and you smile at people and you thank them for doing this or that or the other. And you, you just accept that you're going to be different and everybody else is going to make their choice and that's okay. And most of the time you're not, you're not going to have a problem. I actually did once have a problem in Utah in a grocery store when I went in to get some fruit, I had a store clerk literally follow me within, within a foot of my space to get my groceries, trying to force me to put a mask on. I walk back, I go to the self or I go to a cashier and she takes the, the cashier's place and says, we're not letting you have these groceries. And I said, well, actually, um, you just took my groceries from me. I'll go get, I'll go get more. I need the walk. So I just blew her off. I went back down the aisle and I went and got my groceries again from the same place. She followed me, this big beastly girl, as if she was trying to intimidate me. Right. So then, which I can't be intimidated. I mean, whatever. So, right. So then we come back and she, she follows me and I go to the self-checkout. She literally rips my groceries out, out away from me and would not let me check out, turned off all of the checkout stations. I, um, I said, you know, you need to call the manager because I want you to call the police because your governor has actually made an illegal move here. All right, now I'm going to identify myself, which I shouldn't have to, but I'm gonna identify myself as exempt, right? I actually made them call the police and I talked to the police officers. I had to wait 20 minutes for them to come and I was trying to make a point, okay? So I wasn't trying to, you know, I, and, and you know, she's got a plastic mask on. And I told her, I said, I can see you breathing and labored through, and you're, but okay. You know, so, so I, I talked to the officers and, um, and I said, I want you to write me a ticket because here's the deal. I don't like lawsuits. I don't like any of that. I don't like that. I don't like those things, right? And I don't like to have to be confrontational, but you are not going to make me put myself at risk because you're ignorant of the facts. All right. I am a scientist. I've got 20 years experience doing this, studying, researching, and you don't get to tell me. Okay. So that, so do you know that the police officers would not write me a ticket? They couldn't. Wow. They could not write me a ticket. I asked them to, and I said, I would like a trespassing ticket. I want you to give me a trespassing ticket because I, we need to have this conversation. Um, there are constitutional attorneys out there that are winning their cases left and right. Um, whenever your audience, you know, as far as the talking points are concerned, it's mostly about your presence because once you start talking, it's already defensive. Okay. Mm -hmm. so somebody, so if you walk through a store and you don't have a mask on and they say, well, we're not going to let you shop without a mask on. Oh, Okay, well, you know what? Give me your name. Um, you know, give me give me all of your information. Take it down. Go back. These are actually violations against your constitutional rights. Under the 14th Amendment, the Liberty Clause, you have a right to protect your body, all right? Your body integrity. I have provided a PowerPoint and I did this for the for the, the citizens in our state. Um, what I did was I made a roadmap for them so that they could obtain legal counsel 
right, for their, their employers that are overbearing so that they could take this and say, here are 200 scientific references. Here's a PowerPoint. Here it is all laid out for you. Um, you know, if you happen to lose your job because, because you, you can't or you refuse to wear a mask, listen, guys, you have to have informed consent. That is the law. So what is happening is these employers are using, and, and the state's governors, um, some of the state's governors, all right, and um, some of the county health officers, they're using masks as a medical device by definition. Now, in order to do that, you have to have informed consent from your physician. You have to know about all the risks and all of the benefits. And then as the patient, you have to be able to make that choice yourself. That is the law. Informed consent is protected, all right? That's a federal protection that you have as a U.S. citizen. So I made this roadmap, right? They're using a mask as a medical device to suppress a contagion, okay? So which they're not allowed to do without informed consent. So what, so what we have is we don't have accurate pandemic numbers. So we have lawyers out there that they're first going to the state. They're winning their cases against the states and saying, um, guess what? The, the data never supported your mandates, never, all right? So there never was a true emergency according to the data. Never. The data doesn't support it. And Which is why they went to the PCR test and had the cycle threshold at 40 so they yeah. could justify this nonsense. I mean, that's what they did. Listen, and let me, tell, you, let me tell your listeners something else. If you've been wearing a mask, you will test positive. You know why? Because the proteins around your cells are breaking down left and right and you will test positive. All right. I won't because I won't put a mask on. So, you know, I know that people are getting sick with this and that and the other, but there are. So wait, explain that again. Things. That's an interesting point. So the proteins break down um, because you are re because what the high CO2 because of the oh. imbalance in bacteria. It is an acidic environment. So you are forcing your interstitium so your fluid that carries all of your cells you are forcing them into an acidic environment and once you do that it's the same thing with sugar with alcohol right with your with your lifestyle choices so those are the those are the people you really have to watch out for because then you see them walking around in a mask i'm in a grocery store i see a you know i see i see someone who's you know or be oh, obese and they've got alcohol, ice cream, you know, yeah, right. whatever it is. You know, Why do you say that? Fine. It's fine. But you know what? Your cells are already broken down because right. your environment is acidic and they will break down. And those are the proteins that we're measuring. That is it. That's amazing. Acidic, like acid. You're That's talking right. about. So, 3.0. So, you go and have a soda. It's at 3.0, right? Your body needs to say it's 7.0. You go and you drink one soda and it's 3.0. And what are you going to do to fix that acidotic environment that is breaking your cells down? And what why does the mask inhibit that? What is the, tell me, let me understand that. Right. So, it's hyper, so it induces a hypercapnic state. So what happens is, is, you know, you've got, you've got this mask shielding you. We were never meant to be obstructed. Why, when we need oxygen to breathe and live, why would you forcibly obstruct both orifices even for 30 seconds? That's you're waterboarding yourself every day. I don't understand it. Wow. That's understand great. It. So then when you, so, so what happens is, is you're creating this very moist environment. This is very um, generalistic. Okay. So you have this moist environment behind the mask and you're causing 
for these mom, for these, for these, um, you know, for so let's say you get an infection. Well, you know, the, the molecules that you're breathing out so heavily, this plosive force beyond your mask, it, you're not going to help yourself or anybody else. People around you are more likely to become sick, which is why you have those clusters. Okay. I was selected for jury duty. This is a funny story. Okay. They sent me a letter and I'm selected for jury duty. And um, you have to give all of these reasons. You know, you, you don't get out of jury duty. You do not. This is what I said to them. I wrote them back and I said, um, you're, I don't consent. I do not consent to this. You are never going to put a mask on me. It's against the law, number one. Number two, you're not going to force me to sit in a room with other people who are wearing masks who could potentially make me sick. Okay, because these people are 85% more likely to get sick from an upper respiratory infection, and I don't choose to be around that. So I'm just the opposite. If I see people in masks, I'm like, you know what, get away, because yeah. you are not the healthy people. You're not. You you have to understand that your brain releases um, chemicals. We tell people coming to the house, um, take your mask off. You know, service folks, etc. Some are too scared to do it. They're afraid to lose their job. Most do. Sure. Um, I even do it at gas stations when I pull up to get gas uh, because in New Jersey, um, among the stupid things about living in New Jersey is you can't pump your own gas, which makes my head explode. But yeah, we're, one of, we're now the only state in the country. You cannot pump your own gas. Uh, New Jerseyans are not smart enough, I guess, to not blow the car up when they're putting gas in their car. So you need an expert at the gas station to do it. So I roll my windows down and I have a conversation and the first words out of my mouth are always, please, Take your mask off. You don't need that for me. I would say 99 times out of 100, they're like, oh, thank, thank you. Thank God. you. Yes. Yeah. Oh, thank you for being normal. I walked into a store the other day, and I never named the stores because um, they, they they do get the cops called on them, and it's ugly in this state. We're, we're in a state of ugliness in New Jersey right now. Um, but I, I walked in uh, without a mask on, of course, and, uh, and I just looked around. There are a few people sitting in different spots. I went. I was going to pay the bill getting service done on my car <laughs> and the clerk sees me walk in without a mask. She took hers off. And I'm like, hallelujah, someone yes. normal. Right. Yes. So, so it's the same thing, you know, with, with uh, different services, people ask me, how have you gone 11 months in New Jersey without a mask? And I said, well, uh, you know, I know where I can go. I know who's normal because I pushed the envelope back in the spring and made it very clear to everyone. Hey guys, I don't wear a mask. And um, even when I do, I do hot yoga five times a week. And I credit that with, um, with my health. I, haven't, I literally, since I started doing hot yoga, I have not had so much as a cold in the past two and a half years. That's the breathing too. Yeah, That's the it, breathing it is. Too. It's and I say to people, I'm like, you realize I'm in a room with, with a dozen other people, a small hot box of humidity. And we are inhaling each other's exhale. That, that's what's going on in hot yoga. Yes. And their sweat and everything else. And I'm like, that's why I'm healthy, because I have a natural resistance because we're exchanging bacteria. And I'm like, I'm no scientist, but even I figured that out. Yeah. But I have to go in the back door because people have complained, like, oh, he doesn't have to wear a mask. And, uh, and I, I go in the back door straight to the studio, and I don't go anywhere in the common areas, and I'm in my own space. And it's funny because it surprises people that there aren't more people that line up at the back door. You would think that yogis especially would be lining up at the back door saying, well, we're not doing the stupid mask either. No. So I'm trying to lead by example. And, you know, Texas and Mississippi, 
uh, those announcements, even though there's fine print on those announcements, it, it has been helpful. I think the world is going to come back. Um, I also want to commend you on this business, uh, B2 Naturals. So just to segue to that, because I'm running out of time, but I, I want to, and I'm going to have you on again, Maria. I would like to do a regular check-in with you yeah. uh, as we go through this COVID nonsense, because I'm a, yeah. I'm a huge believer in holistic healing, uh, natural, letting your body do what it does. So I went on your site and I bought the tincture. <laughs> yes. So here it is. All right. So can you talk about your company and uh, what, what this product does? Because I am... Um, I tried it. It did not taste very good. It doesn't taste great. That's my um, disclaimer. So, so this is what I tell people. So, um, you know, micronutrients, when you get micronutrients and they're raw and they're in their raw form, um, you know, it's, it's sort of like eating a plant, right? I mean, literally going out and, and chewing on a, a sagebrush or some sort of a hideous plant. Um, so we do our best, but you definitely don't want to compromise the, the nutritional components. So what I did, um, basically, I mean, I'm a, I'm a scientist and I've been, I've been in healthcare for 20 years, studying patients, um, a lot of hands-on practical things. And, um, I had a person come to me and, and she, you know, has this horrible, um, you know, genital herpes issue. And, and, and a lot of people do three quarters of the world's population has this problem. Um, I said, you know, you don't need Valtrex. Uh, you don't, you really don't need pharmaceuticals. Like, I mean, I can help you. Um, so what I did was I combined. Wait, can we just go back for a minute? Three quarters of the world, meaning people are carrying this herpes virus and it comes right. out in like different forms, cold That's sores, right. rashes, things like that. That's right. That's right. But I'll tell you what was amazing about this was um, I started out and I said, you know, all we really have to do as far as Corona is concerned, um, Ebola, uh, influenza, um, you know, herpes simplex, shingles, herpes zoster. All I have to do is access the immune cells. That's all I have to do. I have to access the immune cells, provide a homeostatic environment, like a nice equilibrium in your interstitial fluid. Um, make sure that we've got cellular repair because everything that people do, um, the ice cream, the sugar, you know, the masks, all of this garbage is breaking your cells down. That is why you're getting sick. Okay, so we can we can use the immune system and literally work from the inside out. And that is what that formula does. Right now I've got, um, I have a surgeon um, and he says, he, you know, I had a patient and, and she goes in, she's got a flesh eating bacteria, which is Streptococcus pyogenes. She takes in the bottle and she shows it to him and says, I'm, I'm getting better. Um, and, and he said, and he said, and, and plugged it and said, this is the best this is the best product um, of its kind that I've ever seen. So whenever you empower your immune system, um, understand that people aren't going to be perfect. I'm never going to change someone's lifestyle um, unless they get sick and they choose to change their lifestyle. What I can do is I can give you cellular repair and I can make sure that your immune response is in homeostasis so you don't get those cytokine storms. All right, you're not gonna have an overactive or a hyperactive immune system. Right now, people are out getting injections and I've got, I've got people coming to me with shingles outbreaks after, after a shot, okay? So after a vaccination and um, what it does- Why, it's an immune system response? It, it is a hyperactive immune, it's an autoimmune response. 
So um, we have a lot of we have a lot of information like on our social media and websites. But what is happening was actually beyond what I even expected to happen. So we we have helped clear people out of a bilateral pneumonia from the inside out. So you don't have to be treated with antibiotics. Your immune system will do this. All you have to do is give it the power. That's so it. this is preventative, right? So uh, full disclosure, I, to my knowledge, have nothing wrong with me right now. Uh, feeling pretty good. But I wanted to try it uh, because I, I, my hope is to avoid the need for pharmaceutical drugs as we go forward. I'm not taking the vaccine, of course. I, you know, funny story. So I was on the list. And the reason I was on the list, I'm not in a vulnerable category. I'm healthy as a racehorse, but I'm in media. And in New Jersey, the government decided media, no matter how young and healthy you are, would go ahead of those folks in these long-term care facilities. I mean, it's criminal. So, so out of moral duty- for the vaccination, for the, the COVID vaccine. Literally, we were in category 1C. And, you know, I have shamed some of my colleagues saying, shame on you, if you're under the age of 40, you're not going to die from COVID, but you're taking the spot and a shot for somebody who may believe they need it. Maybe their doctor said they need it. Maybe they will benefit from it. It's not for me to say, I'm not a doctor, but I can tell you this, you're not putting some experimental concoction into my body. So, I was intrigued by this after I met you on the last podcast and, uh, and I, you know, with, with Dr. Colleen Huber and, and Boris, who was fantastic. We talked to him after as well. Uh, you're, you're with a great group of people, but I was inspired by that. So I'm going to try it. And my guess is it's probably going to, you know, I have a weird sleep cycle. I get up at three 30 in the morning and I work out and then I do my show. So I'm, I'm hoping this is the, the additive that uh, will keep me healthy for the next foreseeable. Well, I'll tell you what, um, I'll tell you what's really remarkable about it. I mean, I, I can't disclose the studies that are being done on it right now, but um, there are physicians who are um, very well, very well and worldly known who are actually testing it right now on their patients and doing um, massive scientific studies aside from, you know, all of the clinical studies that we currently have. Um, people do have to understand something though, that, you know, you don't have to consent to be dependent on pharmaceuticals. There is a good, healthy medium. Um, you know, modern surgery is fantastic. It saved my life. I tell people that, but that is not what, that is not what actually healed me and brought my stress levels down, brought me into a homeostatic state. And that is very critical. It's very important. Um, and then when you arm your immune system, understand, and your listeners should know this, that every physical manifestation Every physical manifestation, whether it be a cold sore, uh, you know, a, a canker sore, um, a genital breakout, um, influenza, corona, um, anything, any physical manifestation that you have can be controlled by your immune response. It can. That is where every, it's, that's what's critical for people to understand. If you understand your own power and, and, you, and you understand how to, um, you know, how to, how to defeat everything out there, you don't have to be you know, you have power. People have the power to do this. They just need the tools. And so I've given, you know, in my PowerPoints, I've given, um, you know, some tools for, for legal, um, you know, action against uh, overbearing employers and states and health officials. Um, in in the formulary, I've I've actually given you your your innate immunity and your power back physically. 
Um, well, I, I'm impressed. I, the thing that struck me that you had said it, you just said it uh, uh, in a similar way just now, that modern medicine saved your life with an operation, but it's your natural body and natural products that let you heal. And I think that is such a balanced approach. You know, you do get some people that uh, they just refuse modern medicine and they're afraid of the doctor and they won't do it. And that's not good either. And I think for people to label uh, critical thinkers as conspiracy theorists is one of the great crimes of this century that we have. We have a media that is hell bent on dumbing things down. So you are just standing in line for whatever monetized product they are going to send your way. And it's particularly uh, interesting in New Jersey because we have so many pharmaceutical companies here and there's so much money involved and everybody's looking at the stock prices and hoping that uh, whether it's Pfizer or Moderna, whoever it is, uh, and they're all making excuses. I mean, uh, you know, as disheartening as it was to hear, even the American Catholic bishops made an excuse for the, uh, uh, you know, the material they're using from aborted fetuses to make these vaccines and even the Catholic church, you know, and it, it, to me, it, it's difficult because I am a Catholic and I've been a Catholic my whole life. And my wife and I you know, married 26 years. Did Literally, I mean, we can count on one hand the times we missed Sunday mass. We were regulars at the 7 a.m. mass. And I have not been to a mass nor inside a Catholic church in, in 11 months because I refuse to comply with the masks. I refuse to accept that the church folded with their all their constitutional protections that they folded with contact tracing. Do you know in, in Princeton, we had to register for masks. And I talked to you, think about that. And in an email exchange with the pastor, he literally said, these are the rules and no mask, no mass. And I thought, wow, okay. So if you really want people to challenge and question the, uh, the institution of the church, Thank you for making it very easy for me to make a decision to walk away. Uh, and, and that's where we are. So anyway, uh, your story intrigues me. I, I, I respect what you've done and the voice that you have. I want to continue to give you a platform. As you know, you know our ratings since this pandemic shutdown started, gone through the roof. I've doubled in my market share. And uh, you know we're up over a million and a half people that, uh, that, that tune in. So it, it's, we've got a lot of people. And I want to have you, uh, I'd love to have you also on the radio broadcast in addition to the podcast. So as we wrap up, uh, your website is abay2naturals, A-B-E-Y-T-U naturals. Is that dot com? Dot com. Yep. And we, we want to work, we're, we're trying to work from the inside out. That's what we're doing for it. people. Yep. We, we, we've Thank got you. you at the microscopic level and, and we'll help you. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. Thank you for your strength and your courage and your knowledge. Uh, keep up the fight. Keep the faith in the fight. I'm with you in this. Give another uh, try. If, uh, if, if the taste is that horrible for you, you know your belly button works too. You know, it wasn't that bad. But honestly, I was in the Marine Corps and yeah. sometimes there was a lot of dirt mixed in with the food you were eating. So <laughs> honestly, I'm not worried. The taste is just fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there so, are enough, but little kids, little kids. Um, you know, so if they get a bacterial infection, I mean, we're, we're, we have a couple right now, um, you know, their belly button will absorb it. And That's it's great. Happen. Adults too. Will, will your belly button absorb it as an yeah. adult? Yep. Even if you have an Audi, even if you have Okay. An Audi. I do not, yep. but yes, excellent. Excellent advice for those folks with Audis. Um, all right. So Maria, we'll wrap it up there. I want to have you back. I'll check back in with you maybe in four or five weeks and I'll let you know uh, just how I'm feeling, how I'm sleeping. I love it. Yeah. And uh, we're... If you can do me a favor, I'm going to send me the link. I want to share with our audience 
the uh, what you did with the roundtable of experts uh, several months ago, and I want to share the PowerPoint. The best way for that is you can put it on a link so that it's on a website somewhere. Yep. So maybe okay. you can link it to your event to website or wherever you I'll think put it's it on the website. Yeah. Okay, and then send me those links. This will be posted next week. Okay. Um, stay on. Uh, after I sign off, because we'll talk for a minute. Guys, thank you for tuning in to the Speaking Podcast. I am Bill Spady. I want to thank my uh, guest and new friend, Maria Chrysler, who is one of the, the champions out there speaking for common sense and reality. It's time for the country to get back to normal. It's time for us to put down the masks and stand up for ourselves, stand up for our bodies, our immune systems, and most importantly, our minds, and not allow this propaganda to keep you afraid. I know that so many of you who are in your 20s and 30s you're still scared because you only hear the propaganda and the sound bites from the mainstream media. Take a moment, listen, read, understand, and get stronger because it's going to be better for you, your life, and your family. All right. I also want to thank my friends at Flemington Car and Truck Country, Steve Califer, for sponsoring this podcast every week on the show. Thank you, Steve, and all the great people that work for you at Flemington Car and Truck Country. All right, guys. We'll be back next week. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.